0: welcome into to we rsc welcome in to four downs this is eric mckinney joined by greg katz greg we are taking a little preview of number 18 now usc coming off a a really disappointing frustrating loss i think to everyone involved program coaches fans certainly all of it uh to know Notre Dame, name they get number 14 utah coming into the coliseum five o'clock kick on Fox is a Utah team that has won the last three against USC. And the two last year were ones that really got to the USC players. They wanted that one in Salt Lake city, obviously what happened with the injury to Caleb Williams in the PAC 12 championship game, knocking them USC, that being out of the college football playoff there, there's a lot to this one. It feels like both from, from the coaches and the players in wanting to, get back a little bit at Utah and, and show that they can can beat this team. Uh, we're going to go into to first down here, and that, as we do every week, we're looking at the USC offense. When that USC offense takes the field, what is the one key thing that you're going to be looking for from them?
1: No turnovers. I think based on last week's uh, – I don't know whether, what word you could give it, but a disaster – uh, you know, Caleb Williams obviously was not the Caleb Williams we've seen for his career at SC. Uh, how much that affects him, we're going to find out. Uh, he's liable to bounce back and throw for 300 yards and, you know, five touchdowns. But we're going to find out. It's a gut check for him. I think uh, USC uh, is at the crossroads of their season uh, at right at this point. Uh, I think offensively. Uh, they're going to be challenged, tremendously challenged, perhaps even more challenged than Notre Dame. There's nothing wrong with this Utah defense, all the statistics, everything, physicality. Kyle Whittingham says this may be his best defense ever, and I think this is his 19th season. And uh, you know what? You better have your big boy pants on, and you better buckle up and get your chin strap on. It's going to be a war. And if, if the SC offensive line that we saw last week does what it does, SC is going to have some real challenges and that's being very diplomatic about it. Uh, I'll be looking forward personally, uh, Eric to seeing if there's any changes along the offensive line, whether Mason Murphy is going to be in there for, for Mike Tarquin and who knows, you know, I think they're at the the point now they better, they have no time to fig try to figure it out. It's it's do or die really at the Coliseum on Saturday uh, for really for both teams, but for SC offensively, they can't get it together now against Utah. Yeah, it's gonna be a real real
0: challenge the rest of the way. And we knew coming into the year, right? This is this is kind of how we were gonna be talking about this point in the season. But I think the the games leading up to Notre Dame were unexpected in sort of how poor various parts of the USC team played. And then the Notre Dame game, you talked about it, the turnovers were just not something that the 2022 team did at all. And, and really earlier this year, this team hadn't done that losing the turnover battle five, nothing was astonishing and just absolutely stopped kind of any potential momentum in that game. So I I think you're right. Turnovers are big for me. It's what you, you went to towards the end. It's the offensive line. A what does it look like when they come out, right? There there's, Every position group and every specific position, the coaches will say they're always kind of there's always battles going on. No spot is completely locked up. We're always doing that. There seemed to be more talk and maybe there were just more questions about it this week from media. But there seemed to be more talk about we're we're really taking a look at do we have the best group out there? Is that functioning? How, How should this look? I don't think it's going to be a huge surprise if Mason Murphy comes out at the starter. He certainly got the the starter's share of the reps each of the past two games. But the interior is interesting, too. The real issue that, that USC has, and I don't know how many people kind of saw it as a, a major issue really early in the year, is when Gino Quinonez went out that's a, that's a huge blow to that interior spot because he can play, he could fill in for any of those three guys, right? He could play either guard spot or he could play center and it lets you mix and match a lot more. Lincoln Riley talked about, you know, we're we're thankful that we played so many different lineups and so many guys earlier in the year. But if you really look at it, it's not as if they have a whole like hockey line change available Along the offensive line, the numbers just aren't great. Like Mason Murphy is a clear number six and and maybe jumping into number five as as a starter. We'll see kind of what happens there. But after that, it's a, a walk on center who, again, Josh Henson, Lincoln Riley has spoken very highly of Killian O'Connor and, and everything that he's done. So you don't want to you don't want to knock him just because he started as a as a walk on. But that's that's kind of your backup at center. And then Alani Noah is the other guy who gets mentioned. He's a true freshman. He started the first game, but didn't seem to be quite ready yet. Took a step back as Emmanuel Pregnon took over at left guard. And that's kind of it. Those are the three guys that get mentioned consistently as your replacements there. So... All of that is sort of a long way of saying, do they have any answers? Can they figure out the offensive line? What does that offensive look line look like just in terms of makeup? And then how does it perform? Right. That's the, that is the huge issue. Arizona's defensive front is fine. They re- really took it to the USC offensive line on more occasions than, than you'd like to see when it's that matchup, right? USC, Arizona, Notre Dame's defensive front is good and they really controlled the game for long stretches. Utah's defensive front might be the best USC sees all season. And that might include, you know, if, if they make it to a big time bowl game, whoever you see there, this could be the best group. The offensive line has got to at least play them even. Right, you the the idea of USC's offensive line all of a sudden flipping a switch and being this absolute dominant force. I don't I don't think it's fair for us to just put that on them and and hope to see that or think that we'll see that. They've got it. They've got to at least play them even. They've got to open some holes in the running game. They cannot let defensive ends and interior defensive linemen get free runs against Caleb Williams. They have got to do better at getting hands on people, holding people up, creating some sort of lane and doing it consistently enough that the USC offense can operate. So that that's it for me. I know Caleb Williams has had two down games in the Notre Dame game was like the first quarter was like, who is that playing quarterback? He's set that bar so high for what's expected of him. Uh, I think, I think that he probably bounces back. You have enough skill, all of that. Can the the USC offensive line help it operate against what's going to be obviously a very charged up Utah team? You think getting it in the Coliseum, right, is going to be helpful as opposed to playing, you know, how they had to play them in Salt Lake City last year, how they had to take on Notre Dame at Notre Dame Stadium, which is a tough place to play. I I think we can see a better performance, but boy, I am I am very curious about how that offensive line shows up, what it looks like, how they play, and and that matchup up front. I, I think that's maybe in every game this year that that's like the biggest matchup uh, for USC going into this. One.
1: I will say this, Eric: Utah is really not the game you want to experiment with offensive line lineups. Uh, you know, the idea that are these players in the right position, especially the transfers from where they came from, uh, you know, uh, Jared Kingston, for example, you know, tackle move to guard, some of these things, you know, I mean, you try to find that out in the first four games when you're going to do it in the, in the seventh game, uh, eighth game, whatever, uh, against Utah. You know that's a bad time to see. Does this work, right? And you uh, ran out of time.
0: I mean, you you needed this against the Nevada, the Stanford, exactly. the Arizona State. Exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. This is not when you want to do it. But you also can't if if you send the same line out and it's the same kind of look as early on at Notre Dame, you can't ask Caleb Williams to sit behind that for four quarters. Well, I'll give you one thing.
1: He he better not take six sacks in this game because those are going to be six. You won't forget these sacks. This team is is they they're gonna they're gonna hunt. They're headhunters, and they've already had enough film to say we can get to this guy. You know maybe we're seeing something we haven't seen before in Caleb, which is a little bit of happy feet, uh, because been he's really been racked up. You know the last. number of games I mean it it would get to anybody so I'm not holding him at at fault but like you said it's going to be a real eye-opener one way or the other because if they if they start off sacking him in the first quarter you know like I said he can only take so many sacks you know each one is a potential knock him out of the game sack
0: yeah all right yeah we'll see how that plays out up front when USC's offense is on the field let's go to to second down we're going to flip sides. The USC defense, What what is kind of the one thing, the one key that you're looking for when the USC defense is on the field?
1: Kind of control the, the rushing attack as best they can with Utah. I mean, this is not a strong Utah offense in numbers of points that can be scored. I, I don't want to use the term weak because I think that's an insult to the coaching they've done. I think they've done a magnificent job. I mean, let's. I mean, I'll say this. I think if they had Cam Rising playing in this game or in throughout the season, they'd be undefeated, and they would be. I would. I would think personally, in the top eight, nine teams in the country, legitimate eight or nine. Uh, he makes that big a difference, but he's not going to be there, so they're going to try to ball control. They're going to try to make it a shorter game, keep Caleb off the field. Yada yada. We've seen that. That's the deal. But because it's their system anyway, to ground and pound in a lot of ways. Uh, they're not, they, they have survived. I mean, I think it's incredible when you really look at it. I mean, in Bryson Barnes, uh, you know, he, he's kind of emerged, you know, last week, what they want and back up Nate Johnson, kind of more of your uh, running type of quarterback. And, uh, they've managed to keep the scores extremely low for the most part. So they're in the game. And I'll tell you, if they're in the game and it goes into that fourth quarter, Who knows? Who knows? Because they're used to playing in these type of games. And, uh, you know, it may be a full house at the Coliseum, and there's plenty of Utah fans there. So, uh, what I, I think what you have to like if you're an SC fan is where SC has been weak uh, against the rush, even though Utah has been strong against uh, get the rush, look, if you can just concentrate on that, you can do a few things. It's about Barnes not getting off passing-wise to guys like Mac, Mac Mike Matthews or being able to contain uh, Jaquindon Jackson or Sione Vaca, uh, the running backs. Uh, so it's going to be a real contrast in styles. I don't think Utah can get come close to if SC really gets off scoring. If SC gets a lead, something they haven't had the last two games, right, in the first drive, it seems like if, if SC doesn't score in those first couple of drives, it's a ball game. And so it's really imperative that SC get ahead of Utah Excuse me, and force them to 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 get out of their comfort zone of running the ball and using the clock.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's it, right? USC cannot give up passing yards in this game. That that has to be it. Like they they need to sell out against the run and make Utah throw it. And and I think that you are okay doing that if Utah can ball control pound the ball and hold the ball forever and make this a game where each offense has six possessions. That is where I think, I think USC could get in trouble. They've got to tackle. I mean, that's it. These Utah backs with Jaquindon Jackson, you mentioned, and then Sioni Vaki, who came over, he he's, the, he's a starting safety came over and ran for just the 158 yards against Cal uh last week and certainly will be on that side of the ball you you assume against USC if they are kind of bouncing off tackles and gaining an extra yard and a half 2 yards 4 yards on every carry that takes its toll and that's what where utah i think can excel offensively it is not i mean i know you wanted to be diplomatic about it they have been they have been bad offensively and you you're playing offense with Maybe one and a half hands tied behind your back when, when Cam Rising's there, which, oh, by the way, that's the very first thing, right? Is Cam Rising in uniform and is he trying to go? There's so much kind of speculation about how long he'll be out and what the injury looks like and, and when, when he might be ready to go, if at all this season. That's kind of the first check mark is, is, is he ready to play? It, it certainly does not feel at all. Like there's momentum for him to play in this one, but that changes, that changes everything. If somehow he's ready to go from that significant knee injury that he suffered, uh, in the Rose Bowl, but all off season, it was like, Oh, I think he'll be ready to go for the season opener. And now here we are more than halfway in, still hasn't played. So, so that's the first thing. Uh, for me also, and this is kind of running game related but also the potential big play in the passing game i think at, for as as buttoned up as usc needs to be in just pure run lanes and tackling and limiting those kinds of things utah's going to have some stuff dialed up right they're going to have some misdirection stuff they know that they can't just drop back pass against a usc defensive front that's been that's been pretty good at getting after the quarterback not good against Notre Dame but they had some answers for it Arizona State brought out some wildcat and some you know running back passes and that kind of stuff I think USC needs to be good at that I discipline staying in their assignments staying on their sides of the field that kind of stuff because I think Utah could that they've done it before when they've had a better offense than this. So there could be maybe trying to find some answers uh, and that we saw Vaki out of the, out of the wildcat. That's something that USC has got to be ready for. I'm sure Utah's got passes out of that and and all of that stuff. So I think that's big is you for as much as Utah wants to to pound it out and, and work their ground game, The USC defense can't give up big plays. You can't, you can't give up cheap stuff to an offense that has struggled the entire season to score just to score anything, to score any number of points. So it's a, you, you see this Utah offense, how much it's struggling, but it's still a USC defense that played, played very well against Notre Dame, played very well enough to win that game, certainly. Can you do it two weeks in a row and, and can you do it against a, a Utah team that has a ton of confidence coming in for sure? The way they played USC last year, even though, you know, USC did did plenty offensively and, and was in both those games until the Caleb Williams injury. Utah's going to come in here feeling very much like they can win and like they can push USC around on both sides. It's going to be up to USC to, to really stand up to that and get something done. Let's go to third down. Third down uh, every week again. Brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Uh, right now, all first-time users that deposit and use the promo code SC will receive a hundred percent instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars uh, with Prize Picks. There isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite team by playing uh, daily fantasy with our friends at Prize Picks. Simply select two to six players, predict if they will go more. Or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to twenty-five times your money on any entry. Uh, again, uh, visit Prize Picks, download the app, enter promo code SC, and you will receive a hundred percent instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Greg, let's take a look at what we went with this week. Uh, again, we've got a couple, couple things. We're going to go. We're going to talk ground game. And we're going to talk Caleb Williams bounce back. And I, I've got guys on both sides of that. So I think, I think we are not going to see the Caleb Williams that got pressured and threw an interception early against Notre Dame. And then felt like it felt like watching him that he was chasing that for the rest of the first half and made some ill-advised throws, made some ill-advised decisions, maybe trying to score two touchdowns on every throw. Once the game started coming to him a little bit and he settled in, it was better in the second half. I think that he comes out throwing He look. I know this could be a better Utah defense. I've got him at more than 274 passing yards. He lit that Utah defense up in two games Last year, Utah has shown they're fairly stubborn in wanting to play man defense and and making quarterbacks beat them. And I think Caleb Williams is ready for that. Now, what I'm curious for for your take on is I looked at the ground game for both teams. Marshawn Lloyd, I've I've been riding the more on Marshawn Lloyd rush yards and they every week it's going down and down and down. We talked about the offensive line. I think they're going to struggle to run against this this Utah defensive front. And I think USC, we saw Zachariah Branch take a handoff. We've seen a lot of Austin Jones in the backfield. I think Marshawn Lloyd has a breakout game coming at some point. We saw him go nuts against Arizona State. I don't know if it's Utah. So I've got him at less than 60.5 rushing yards. On the other side, Jaquindon Jackson, when he gets more than 10 carries in a game this year, he's over 90 yards Pretty easily in both of those, I think that he gets a ton of carries, so I have him more than seventy-seven point five rush yards. But I think it comes on a lot of carries and possibly between the twenties. If USC can prevent him from really getting loose and getting going, I think he could pile up rush yards. But kind of the way that Audrick Estime did for Notre Dame, where he ends up with ninety-five rushing yards, but you never felt like he was the guy. That was beating you. That's a little bit how I see Jaquinn and Jackson going uh, on on Saturday. Your your take on on the rushing, game. and then two on on Caleb Williams. How, how does he fare, maybe against this Utah defense?
1: Well, I'm going to say that um, Lloyd is below. Uh, I'm not saying that SC won't rush the ball. I mean, you could have a reverse to you know to Branch or put him in the backfield like they did against Notre Dame, and you know they could. But you're talking about one specific player, one specific uh, uh, level that you want him to get rushing the ball. Uh, you know, I think that, you know, that uh, I'll go there. I think Caleb will throw for more than uh, above the, the limit there, because I think Caleb is just going to. It's unreasonable to think that he wouldn't uh, based on the past history with Utah. Uh, I don't know what Kyle Willingham's going to do, whether he's going to go man to man. I think the SC receivers have a lot to prove and I think they'll definitely be up for it. Uh so uh you know I I think in in that respect I think it, all indications to me is that Caleb will surpass that particular number. Uh what was the third one again?
0: Uh, uh Jaquin so the, so the Utah running oh, game yeah, right okay, yeah. and specifically uh, jaquin and Jackson um going for for more than 77 and a half rushing yards.
1: So he's going to go for more because it's not a question of how many times he carries the ball. The question is, is does he reach that limit of, you know, 77 yards or what have you? He's going to do that because that's what they've been doing. They've been successful for the most part doing it. Uh, SC, uh, you know, is questionable. Uh, You know, four quarters of constant pounding. I would think that Jackson uh, would be in, in, in good shape I'm sure Baca, Baca would, you know, he's he's going to get some yards, but I think they're really going to rely on Jackson, in my opinion. So it's
0: he's been be- hurt. He's been hurt at times this year. Had like a a fall camp injury. Got nicked up in some games. But when he's been when he's been healthy, they they, they are not worried about feeding him the ball and letting him pile up carries. And, and so that's going to be like, like you said, that's going to be a test for uh, for USC on Saturday. All right, let's go into fourth down, and this is going to be our stat, our number, whatever pops out to you uh, in terms of that. What, what's your key, your key number here for Saturday?
1: Uh, it's going to be twenty-one that SC has to hold uh, Utah uh, to twenty-one. If Utah gets more than twenty-one points, who knows? If SC doesn't have a big lead, I mean, if I'm Kyle Woodingham, I'd say, you know, look, look at this team, look at the pattern they have. Look what happened in Colorado, how they collapsed in the fourth quarter. You know, teams have patterns. This is not the middle of the season. This is like we're past the middle in some ways. You know, there's only four games left, five games left. So I'd say that that's the number I'm looking at. Because if Utah, with that offense, scores more than that, uh, 21 points, uh, you know, I would even stretch it to 24. But I think that uh, given, you know, my thought was that they – this he would give up 17 points, but I, I better err on the side of caution here. So I'll say the number I'm looking at is 21.
0: You know, it's funny as 21 was my number two, but kind of for the flip side, Utah hasn't allowed a team to score more than 21 points this year. And most of their games have been pretty tight. They, they, they got loose against Cal last week and put up 34, but I I'm looking at 21 for usc's offense right if they can get 21 or more i don't think utah can catch them at that point point. and so this is about the usc offense coming out and putting up a bunch of points right is
1: that a michigan spy there it, it is
0: Starbogs. yeah so i don't i don't think the usc offense is going to go for right last year like the uh, i think i saw the over under for this game is about 52 in the four point totals last year, right? Two for USC, two for Utah in the two games. Three times, one team almost hit 52, right? Like that's that's a low number when you're talking about a USC offense that was averaging 52 for a good chunk of the season. So the expectation seems to be that USC's offense is not going to just light up this Utah defense. And this Utah defense has put up some unbelievable numbers, this season i mean they're they're number two uh in rushing yards against i think they're somewhere you know they're they're top 10 like in in total defense rushing defense and points allowed per game so the usc offense we talked about the offensive line we talked about caleb williams needing to to have a bounce back game they've they've got to score four touchdowns i think in in this one because Utah's going to grind it out and i think they're going to get into the end zone a couple times if usc can put it together offensively put some and i think what your key was is early right get on the board early if usc can get out to a 14 nothing lead we've seen them blow leads the last two years really let let some teams back into it last year let some teams back into it this year a 14 nothing lead against this utah offense feels good. Last year I know they got out to 14 nothing leads against Utah too and Utah was able to climb back and and win both of them. Uh this one to me again we both mentioned that that 21 number. If USC can get past that and do what pretty much every other defense has done and hold Utah to below that, uh I think that that USC gets it done on Saturday. The one key, the one thing I want to leave with was what you said. We're halfway through the year, and you are what you are. The more you talk, and the, and the more you kind of try to figure out this USC team, the answer seems to be I don't really know who they are, what they can do, how they're going to look each time they show up. And at this point, that is your identity. I mean that that is who you are, right? <laughs> you you stop trying to figure it out, and you say, "Boy, we just hope we hope the A team." shows up. We hope things click and we hope that there aren't the drops and the penalties all at the same time. Cause you know that they're coming, but can you get a chunk of the game clean and played well? And I, and, and we'll see, we'll see if they can do it because you got, you got a Utah team coming in again, that, that has played with these backup quarterbacks for enough games now where they kind of know what it's like and they're sort of settled in and they're going to come in knowing they can play with USC because of last year. We'll see what kind of fire USC has lit under them after that Notre Dame loss and needed to really bounce back. So again, that's our our four downs preview for number 18, USC hosting number 14, Utah in the Coliseum. Saturday night. Hope you enjoy it, Trojan fans. If you can make it out there, uh, we'll see if USC can put up a ranked win. This is the first time in a while that a ranked team has come in to the Coliseum, and so you, USC is going to have its hands full again with a very, very good Utah defense coming to the coming to the Coliseum. So thanks for watching Four Downs. Thanks for watching We Are SC. For Greg Katz, the Zarek Kinney.